Welcome to Critical Ditto, the Pokemon role-playing podcast made by us and enjoyed by you. My name's Stuart, I am running the game, and wel- welcome to McCritto's. Can I take your order? Uh, hi, yeah, um, I'd like a um, double Critto um, big m- m- Mac. <laughs> oh, great, love that. <laughs> double Critto. Are you sure? Are you sure about double that? You don't sound... Yeah, I mean, you're the one who pulled up to the drive-thru, mate. Do you want the double yeah. critter or not? I want the double critter Big Mac, thanks. Um, okay. I desperately try to think of a, of, a, of a pun, but I failed because I'm playing the part of Kenny Mullet, who's <laughs> notoriously bad at puns. But when he's not <laughs> ruining puns, he's being a, a selfless, empathetic, yet haunted young man on a quest to find out more about his weird poker powers. In the back of my car, um, I've got a, a, a decidui called, um, uh, called Bowtie, uh, a Gyarados... <laughs> What are, you laugh- what are you laughing at? Just that you couldn't remember. You were so excited about the Decidueye point <laughs> Decidu- that you then completely blanked on the name. <laughs> but it's a Decidueye, guys. It's got a hood, though. Can't remember the name, but look at its bow and arrow. Whose Decidueye is this? Whose Decidueye is this? Sorry, Tom. I've got a Robin Hood owl in the back. You care- <laughs> think I care about their name? You wait till Kenny sees the toy in the critter meal. He's going to lose <laughs> his mind. Uh, I've got... Um, what else is in there? A Gyarados, a Salandit, a Spiritomb, a Honchcrow, a Galvantula. And uh, I'm just going to I'm just gonna leave now, and the car behind me is going to come. Um, bye. Oh, well, he didn't pay, so he's not getting his food. Uh, who's next? <laughs> who's next? Hi! I'm having a great night with my friends. I'm not driving. I'm just leaning out the window about some... But what I was looking for was a, was a lovely McNuggets... <laughs> <laughs> Drunk fist? Um, <laughs> I have one drunk voice. I have one drunk you voice. Have one drunk voice. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm the designated driver next hi, to uh, hi. David, who uh, is uh, currently too incapacitated to play Theo, stick former church member who is on the hunt for the King's Rock, and uh, tucked into the boot and or passed out in the back seat are a Medicham, a Kabuto, a Swaloon. That's been a long time since I've used Hillary. Uh, Someone breathalyzed the driver. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you sure you're <laughs> if, if not remembering a Swadloon is, is a test of sobriety, <laughs> I've been drunk for a very long time. <laughs> um, and then uh, following up from uh, those three, uh, all asking the driver to pass their orders on to the McDonald's workers as well, are a Togekiss, a Barbarical, and Jason the Combi. And uh, now that my drunk friend has finished ordering every carb on the menu, let's just get out of the way because there's somebody else behind. Yes, oh. yes, sir, we're moving. Oh, he sounds unpleasant. Let's meet this person. Hello. <laughs> oh, hello, hello, I said. Yes, hello. It's me, Mr. Fries. I Ooh. work and own and created the burger chain across the road called Burger Kingdras. And you... You McCrittos have come in here and and taken all my business, but I, I I'm gonna get on the loudspeaker right now. I'm getting on the loudspeaker. Wait, no, give it, give it back. No, get, no, oh, no. We have a new offer at Burger Kingdras. It's called Brandy. Brandy has selling booze. Selling booze. Fortified wines. Brandy, the famous character from Critical Ditto, is serving food at Burger Kingdras. She is also on a side quest to um, save her dad from being a, a Pokemon, which you know, we support, we fully support Burger Kingdras. Also helping Brandy for a, a, a much less significant wage are her Pokemon team, which are Wimpy the Baneri, we have um, Gary the Scroopy See, so you gave me so much shinks for forgetting <laughs> my Pokemon's name you forgot what Pokemon you had Because it doesn't really matter about the Pokemon it's, it's the, the Pokemon I see inside Robin Hood Owl 
Powell, Tom. <laughs> Snorlioli the Munchlax, Dr. Bunnelby, PhD the Bunnelby, Lightning McQueen the Carcoal, and Flower the Meltan. And yes, I will give you the Tano back. Name Gosh, what... Crito Worker. Oh, what I a mean... corporate shill. I hope you're happy selling out. Oh, you think you think I'm a, corp- a corporate shill? Yes. Well, I remove my cap, and I am Mr. McCritter. That's right. Oh, no. We were talking to the CEO the whole time. Father! Why? Rice? <laughs> okay, this is getting... What happened last time? <laughs> no. What happened? This, this could go on for a while. You you find out what happened last time. Me, I, I just want to play catch with my dad, McCritto Fries. <laughs> Great throw, son. And now, a previously from patron, Aiden Clark. Take it away, Aiden. Previously on Critical Ditto. The gaudily erected stage in what looks like the metallic confines of the core superprison, where a large cage houses a terrified group of people. Beside the cage is a crude sign, poker-powered monsters within. A window smashes, flying through on the back of his rejuvenated Dartrix. Kenny Mullet! Barry! Barry just locks eyes with him. I've come a long way too. Dartrix somehow channels a bit of Kenny's poker power energy and teleports both of them on top of the cage. My conduit. Bowtie is the conduit you've been searching for all along. Kenny's bowtie bursts with light, and on top of Bowtie's head is a hood. Decidue! Barry now has possession of that extreme wall and has released Jockey and has swiped a paw at Brandy. The swipe just took Brandy's left leg quite badly. You're not mobile. General Phillips, revelation dance! General Phillips start to breathe, and you see this darkness in Jockey's eyes start to fade. Jockey collapses to the floor. That Unon seller is back. Theo, there's like a large door that doesn't seem to lead anywhere. And it says secret door on it. What is Tallahassee Bingeworth doing? Why is it highly suspect? They've just backed off into the shadows and are just sidling around towards the caged, poker-powered people. I think Theo is going to follow Hedrod into the door. Theo, Hedrod is hesitating in front of this big red button. This cube contains a Zygarde. Suddenly that cube ain't there anymore, Ninjask. Investigating what they've just swiped from your outstretched, overconfident hand, you do manage to catch a glimpse of what might be behind this massive door. A wearable, genesect mecha, and mounted on the back is some kind of X-Extreme Ball Gatling gun. The core prison processing chamber. Helsing's makeshift stage for their live broadcast across Formia. Time? Who knows? Beyond a lone lunatone suspended above the caverns of the wild area beneath the prison. General Phillips cradles an unconscious jockey the Ursary. A bleeding brandy slumps on the supportive candy. Tallahassee Bingeworth surreptitiously occupies a corner of the room, his bejeaned form obscured by shadow. Boy journalist Hedrold looks aghast at his ninjask, who plays idly with a Zygarde cube, stolen from the hands of Theo, who finds themselves before a large mechanical door. Hidden within is a mecha in the form of a genesect, buggy appendages married with steel joints, an extreme ball weapon affixed to its back. Reporter Ulmer's Gliscor uses its tail to train a live camera on a small crowd of grunts, fronted by Barry Bolcutt de facto leader of Team Helsing, who seethes in the centre of the room, his eyes trained on Kenny. Accompanied by Bowtie the Decidui, 
who stand triumphantly on top of a cage filled with poker powers. The dust and chaotic magical energy from the recent teleportation slowly dissipating in the stale recycled air. Reporter Ulmer's delicate voice crackles over a handheld microphone. My, my. I wish we could say we planned this, but no. This is serendipity. Ulmer retrieves a crumpled scroll. Mr. N's scroll. The list of poker-powered individuals from his research, clearly salvaged from the abandoned chaplaincy. Top of the list. Kenneth Mullet. Danger level Alpha. Recent critical incidents include the destruction of Pokemon champion Gary Smoke's property on Surfloat Beach, endangerment of the public and security at the Pokemon League Hydreigon Breach, and she shudders near-lethal injuries to his own sister. If ever there was a purer representation of the danger these poker powers pose, here he is, live in front of you, Formia. Barry is already on the move. Kenny, what do you do? Kenny's priority has always been the protection of the poker power people in the cage. And as far as Kenny is aware, the best form of protection is this symbol, the ancient runic symbol that we discovered in the final episode of the Spatial Rend arc, uh, the one which prevents any Pokemon or person from being captured in an extreme ball. Kenny is going to use a poker power. What? Kenny? Kenny's going to use a poker power. I know. It's, okay. it, it very rarely happens. What I think Kenny wants to do is essentially form a veil, Aurora veil, over this cage. Whenever anything enters or leaves the cage, be it ball or person, they are adorned with this symbol. It's, it's an undefined power. Tattoo power. Tattoo Aurora veil. <laughs> I think I'm going to give you a minus one because it's it's a little bit amorphous and it's not something Kenny's ever done before or tried to do before. So let's go with that. I assume this is plus plus weird. This is plus weird. Poker Power Classic. So I rolled a six and then a three. Take away minus one makes it, makes it eight. But Kenneth Mullet leveled up recently and I took an extra plus one to weird. So that makes that an eleven. Great. Full full success. It's essentially like a kind of shimmery shield around the cage. So that, like, whenever any anyone or anything passes through it, they are adorned with this symbol. Okay, so you just you just put this symbol onto all the poker powers in the cage. He bends down and touches the cage, and then this sort of like shimmer passes over it. Maybe we can like see in the reflection the symbol. Uh, Do we define what the symbol looked like? Yeah, it's like and it's like a pokeball, but a circle with a line through the middle. You see that. And as this this light and this this shield, this veil starts to go across the cage, the poker powers within. It doesn't hurt them, but they do feel this physical sensation of something appearing on their skin on various points, on their arm, their leg, their shoulder, and this, this brand just burns itself into their skin. Young man, I've, I've always wanted a tattoo and thought it was too late for me, so I would thank you. It is never too late for body art. Where did you where did you get your tattoo? Oh, you sound like you're from Comover Town. Where, where sure, yes. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know, Mr. Gengar? I, I'm your secret neighbour. 
That's right. I was poke power the whole time, but I didn't offer you any emotional support as a child because I was very cowardly. <laughs> now I'm in prison. But thank you for the tattoo, Kenny. But luckily, we met in prison, so I'm thankful to Team Helsing in that way. I, we've formed a lovely relationship, haven't we, Edith? We really have. I'm sort of flirty and you're not sure how to deal with it. I know. I, yeah, I put up walls and barriers because I'm cowardly, as I said. Yes. <laughs> Gosh, I'm actually quite fully fleshed out for a random character. Wait, I think I up, need a you name. Put, you, you, put up, you put up barriers because you're worried to get close to people. Is your name Theo? And Barry Polkett stabs the guy. <laughs> oh, no! My <laughs> I thought you were going to say that he puts up barriers because he's poker-powered by a mime, but I really didn't expect the read of my character to come in instead. He's dead now, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Barry Bolcott does approach the cage though and maybe enters the Aurora Vale mist and is so blind it doesn't even take it into account and is also branded. Barry Bolcott gets the brand. You did say it was a... I did, yeah. Yeah, okay. Barry Bolcott is branded as well and it's on it's on Barry's forehead. It's like... And it almost looks like a, a target. He is completely unbothered. Barry is going to try and break the cage open using his bishop. He's on a warpath. Kenny, what do you right. do? Is his intention to get to Kenny? I think at the moment he's just going for the cage. You're on top of the cage. That would be a slightly more more difficult, challenging target. At the moment, he's like, let's open the cage, start some chaos, separate these poker powers. Because it almost he's looked at Kenny as like, I'm guarding them in this cage. And he's like, well, you can't guard them all if they're released. Well, I'd prefer Barry after Kenny than after like... Edith. E- I mean, sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, after yeah. that, Stu, after that little scene? Right. Right. How can... Kenny would die for Edith right now. I regularly get asked back from my guest appearances on various television and radio performances. It's true, she does. She does. I, I am alive. That was a bit. That was a funny bit I did. I pretended to die. <laughs> oh, classic Fergus. Eh? Well, I have to protect comedy. I'm going to jump. Uh, so Kenny jumps <laughs> off. Uh, I guess I guess jumps down from the cage and sort of mate, says the stakes the, the blooming stakes in this finale mate finale oh. am I right oh. it got serious it got dark yeah so Kenny's going to sort of jump down and Decidueye will sort of grab Kenny as he jumps and they'll glide 10-15 feet away from the cage turn around and say Barry please just leave them make it between you and me alright so we're going to we're going to go with charm go for it oh that's okay it's a 7 plus 2 it's a 9 a mixed success. I love that. What if you you succeed, you get Barry's attention, but rather than going like 10 feet away, what if Barry grabs onto Bowtie's leg as as you're gliding and almost like forces Bowtie to go somewhere he wants? It's almost like, yeah, you've got my attention, but I'm picking where we go. Yeah. Kenny would put himself in danger to save the other people so you can do what you want. Yeah. Oh, great. Okay. So let's put you... Yeah, let's say there's this like proscenium gallery surrounding the warden's office that is at the very top of this huge processing chamber oh my god we're up we're up in the rafters you're in the god yes yes you're in the flies almost of this uh this improvised theatrical world so you're on the various beams and and crisscross irons of that are supporting at the top so so there's definitely some dramatic uplighting from a couple of the lights that are still pointing upwards but otherwise it's very dark uh, definitely some shadows there's a poor, to hide There's in. a poor ASM up there going, I was only paid to do the lights. Oh, I, I was promised, Mr. Volker, that I would not be involved in the battle. <laughs> I can't follow Spot around above. I can only do down. I lied on my CV. I'm going to be honest. I saw you behead that person earlier and I thought maybe I should keep it to myself, but I'm just going to be honest. It's the easiest thing to do. So... Basically, Kenny, you've jumped off this poker powered cage intending to just go 10 feet away, but you feel this jerk on 
bow tie the Tissitui. Tissitui! And you realise that Barry has grabbed on beneath and is sending Tissitui upwards. There's no time for you to respond in that moment. Tissitui flies up into the rafters. And you both land on one of these beams. And it's dark and you cannot see Barry anyway. Barry has disappeared into the blackness above the lighting rig. What you don't necessarily notice, Kenny, as you're flying upwards towards this lighting rig, the rafters at the top of this room, is that Ulmer's Gliscor, Ulmer gives it a nod of approval and that red flashing live camera light follows you, carried by the flying Gliscor up into the rafters. Oh, and did I mention? It, it's got infrared vision, yeah, it can see in the dark, seeing everything. And it's live! And <laughs> it, it's live here on Formian TV! to Theo because Theo, Theo's hanging thread was very interesting so Theo you've just lost the Zygarde cube your ace in the hole yep. and it is now sitting with a ninjask who is toying with it Pedrol this terrified boy reporter doesn't know what to do <laughs> stop calling him the boy reporter like that's <laughs> like the boy that's wonder his title <laughs> <laughs> Boy Reporter. That's the nickname Alma just called him by the entire time. Could never remember his name. It was just like, Boy Reporter. It's one step below intern. Let's say, let's say, so Theo, you've got that on one side and then the other side, you've got this yeah. looming Genesect mecha. mecha. I mean, obviously you've just seen Ali, uh, you've just seen Kenny do this. <laughs> you've just seen this, Ali. Wow. You've just seen there. there he is. He's, he's getting <laughs> in the mecha. Hi. Ali, hey, stop. What are you, no, don't turn it off. Oh, God, Ali's turn on the mecha. Neon Genesis Evangelion. The man appears on one podcast and here he goes. (laughs) There is this Genesect. Obviously, you've seen this extreme ball weapon on its back. Uh, I wouldn't, I don't think you fully understand what Kenny's done to the people in the cages. But hey, an extreme ball Gatling gun is still going to be a threat to any Pokemon that are are nearby. Hedrol's Ninjask is starting to drift towards Reporter Ulmer. It's almost as if Reporter Ulmer has some sway over the Ninjask. I don't think you ever opened the door to the mecha. You just you just saw through the slot that the uh, that the Genesect was in there. There is a big red button to open that door. Should you want to press it, the Hedrol did not press. Theo is so desperately interested in this mecha. I mean, particularly because like high technology is not like a thing that the church really did. This is all very. I mean, Theo didn't even have a poor iPhone for ages. But again, as you say, the Zygod cube is slowly drifting over. Theo is like, I want to defeat that ninjask with every fibre of my being and tries to suppress that sort of Theo-esque rage. And is like, don't battle the ninjask to steal the cube back. That's all that needs to be done. Like, don't engage in battle. Don't draw any attention. Just get it back. This is what we've learned after all of these months of character development. This is what we've learned. And so Theo sends out Kabuto. Kabuto. Kabuto looks at you, Theo, and is like, can I evolve yet? Is this the time? <laughs> I'm, I've, I've been dreaming. You fought Moltres and it didn't happen. So I'm, let's I'm see if a game of wishing, catch works. <laughs> Are we all? Are we all? I remember Bowtie when she was a Rowlet. Just FYI. Yeah, I was there too at the same time. We sort of Kabuto, started Kabuto. our Kabuto. We started our journeys together almost. Listen, Kabuto, I've had to deal with enough chinks with everybody else in this room you do something and survive the end of it and then maybe we can talk all right okay <laughs> all right okay good maybe theo if you just gave commands rather than talking incessantly for five minutes i might have evolved two weeks ago you know togekiss understands things non-verbally could you try that could you try that one 
Who knew we were in a brandy scene? (laughs) (laughs) Theo's just like, not anger. Again, trying not to use anger in this situation. It's like, Kabuto, could you please be so kind as to take back that incredibly important cube that that ninjask has? Please? I guess Kabuto create an advantage. Yeah, Kabuto plus speed. So Kabuto's speed is a plus one. And we got a six and a three plus a one for a strong ten. Full success, success. baby. Which means I, well, full success, David. You You have remit to decide how Kabuto gets this cube back. If we are following Ninjask slowly drifting back towards uh, Alma, Ninjask is kind of on this journey playing with this cube and obviously Ninjask has no idea what's going on. Sometimes there's some more glistening emerald light, sometimes there's a few less, sometimes there's a few more. To Ninjask, it's just a a delightful game. Like, it just reminds them of like catching glowworms in a forest. It's a really delightful experience for this Ninjask. Flashback to the glowworm forest and the delightful (laughs) family times that Ninjask had with its fellow Ninkadas. Ninkada. Ninkeda glowing. What a game this is with my friends. How do we win? Uh, What a potent flashback that explored so much of that Ninjask's character. Wait, wait, how do do we win? How do we win? (laughs) Never answered. David does not want the Joltic Joltic, uh, reunion. I'm going to go insane. (laughs) I feel like in the Ninjask world, just playing the game was what really mattered. Just being part of something with your (laughs) friends. Everyone's a winner. It wasn't about the destination. It was the journey for the Ninjasks. Um, And so whilst uh, Ninjask is flying, Ninjask is like, I feel like some of my wings are sort of being sort of played with and uh ninjas sort of looks over its sort of like insectoid shoulder however one sort of looks over its kind of like carapace and on its back is just it's just a kabuto playing Uh with its wings as if it was strands Uh of hair going anywhere nice on your holidays is what kabuto is saying effectively ninjas is like the hoenn region possibly To play some glowworm games with my friends, maybe some friends over there. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, this year you won't be going to the Zai, the the beautiful Zai Gardens of Babylon. <gasps> <laughs> that that feels threatening. What, what what do you mean? Kabuto has learned so well from its owner, and Ninjask doesn't really get the pun because it doesn't know what the cube is or where Babylon is. <laughs> or where Babylon is in this. <laughs> and after a, a in shock at this experience of finding a, a Byzantine hairdresser attached to them, drops the cube. At which Ninjask. point Kabuto just sort of rolls off of its back and grabs it, scuttles back across the floor, back towards Theo, who smiles. Thank you so much, Kabuto. So Theoda has the Zygog cube back. Theo's attention is back to the is back to the mecca and with this red button in front of it. And so Theo is gonna turn to Hedrold, who's still nearby, I presume, in this coach. Yeah, Hedrold's just like just so terrified by this whole situation. You you scared the living shinks out of him last episode. Yeah, that tracks. Yeah, panicking. Panic stations, realizes he's in way too deep and is just kind of shivering. I'm sorry. Sorry about that. Sorry sorry that my my, my, my ninjas just um took took that thing. I uh, didn't ask. Didn't didn't want. Please stop. I be, uh, no. Please stop. Stop of talking. Stopping. No. Please. Stopping. I no, mean, don't was. stop talking, but stop apologising. If you could just answer the questions I have and stop with the. Mm. Oh, don't cry. Mm. Please don't cry. Oh, please don't, don't cry. cry. Oh no. Oh no. I'm, so, I'm no. I'm just expressing oh. emotions in a non-verbal way. That's, That's what Kenny don't... always says, and I don't know what to do with this. Oh. Okay, before you cry, I need to know: Do you or that strange you know, Dalmatian head woman over there? Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I always thought maybe I was. I didn't want to okay. say anything, and my mom never, never confirmed it. But I think I was. I think I was. I think I was adopted. 
and I have unresolved feelings about that. Okay, would you would you like to talk about that? Or would you like to answer my question first and then get onto the conversation? With your <laughs> I, think, I think I'd like to, I think I'd like to talk about that if you don't mind. I might not continue this conversation, and I might see if I can talk to your superior over there, who seems more on my speed of emotions. If I'm if I'm honest with you, Hedgehold, do you mind awfully? You set that dial to whatever speedometer you want. Do you do you want a Medicham to talk to? I could give you I could give you that situation if that's if you've got him to spare. Useful. If you've got one to spare, yeah, that would be. You know what? You, you know what? After this, you know, and so Theo just lets out Medicham and is like, Medicham, you've experienced some students before. Could you just talk to this small and depressed child and, and just just listen? Medi- Medicham, Medicham sits down on the ground with their trolled, I guess. Yeah. Um, wow. What? That was such an easy way to take out one of Theo's Pokemon. I'm a blooming genius. God. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even need to battle them. Seriously overestimating mm. how much Theo cares about Hedrold. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Theo heading? So I think Theo's going to head over to Alma. We've got the Genesect there, but somebody has to have the information about who that Genesect is. Great. As you're heading towards Alma, who is still on the stage holding this handheld mic, we just heard them doing this announcement about Kenny. Uh, still trying to kind of hold proceedings together. Theo, as you're heading towards this, I sort of see Theo going quite slowly. Am I right? Am I picturing that right? A slow, yeah. deliberate walk yeah. towards the stage, maybe up the steps to yeah. the side. Yeah, I think the Ninjask has now abandoned Hedrold and is now just buzzing around you, Theo, almost escorting you. And Alma sees the buzzing Ninjask, sees you, Theo, and a smile just hits their face as if they were expecting this moment from the very off. Join me in this alley. Come join okay. me in this alley. I got something here under my coat. Uh, I don't know Ooh. if you're interested in... Uh, me! In... Hello! I was in the what? coat. Wow! You're Look, I brought something in my coat. Look at this. Hello! Hello, oh. my brother! I thought I'd never <laughs> see you again. Oh no, I was meant to keep these two apart. What have you done, kid? I didn't think... Ah. Oh. oh no, we're being sucked together, brother, to become a midsection. No! no. Hey, welcome to the midsection. Today, sound the Patreon champion tier horn. They jump the entire queue. Well done, Audrey. The bonuses just keep coming for you. Audrey writes. Oh, Audrey writes a big introduction, loving us. And Audrey is currently putting together a pokey D&D podcast, much like our own. So well oh, done, Audrey. Prepare whoa. to hear from our lawyers. Um <laughs> No, honestly, that is amazing to hear. Yeah, we'll We've promote it. You to, tell us. Yeah, tell us. Tell us. We, will, we will 100% us promo. run that promo. Audrey's idea is, rather than a specific item or character or whatnot, I actually have an, uh, had an idea for two regional variant Pokemon. The first one, Formian Trubbish, Gardevoir. Garbador, not Gardevoir. It's a That's an interesting evolutionary line. The Formian version of Trubbish is just Gardevoir. They've eliminated Trubbish. Rather than just being a pure poison type, it's a poison steel type because of some industrial or mechanical trash components mixed into it. It could even use a good amount of electrical attacks moves from old computer parts or old batteries. I'm going to give you the second Pokemon as well, and then we can go back to regional variant Trubbish. But hold Trubbish in your mind. 
The second Pokemon was actually inspired by one of your jokes when the Patreon was first being announced, being the whole new evolution called Patreon. Everyone keeps making making fan evolutions of all the other types, but I never see a normal type evolution, and that's just what Patreon is. This EV evolves by having high friendship with the trainer and knowing the move Payday, and it's known to look just like a bigger EV and gets confused as such. That's all I've got. Thanks you guys for being such an inspiration. Keep up the great work. I mean, initially here, I'm thinking about Trubbish. I'm just yeah. thinking about Trubbish. Aren't we all? All the time. <laughs> all the time. And I'm thinking Trubbish is somehow, you know in Star Wars how there's the trash compactor monsters? Mm. I feel like mm. that trash compactor exists at the bottom of Tapu Dhabi Tower where Kappa Corp HQ is. And nice. that's where Seto Kappa likes to, let's say, discard some of his uh, non-high-performing members of staff uh, and sends them to the trash compactor oh where oh, they meet goodness. a group of trubbish. Oh, they're not they're not killed, that kind of deal. How do we feel about that? Well, it sounds like you can play old Atari-style video games on these trubbish from what Audrey was, was suggesting. There's enough mm. little retro parts in there to have a sort of LAN party down there. It might be a Hold great on. time, actually. So are we, saying, are we saying that currently down in the basement of Capricorn building some Trubbish are pulling together and seeing if they can oh my god they're developing a human game called Human Sword and Shield Human Red and Blue it's a, it's like an MMO where they play out our reality and there are four playable characters Tom, Stu, David and Ali mm-hmm. currently they really haven't got the gender sorted out like they have in Formia they were like I just want to play a male <laughs> identifying character that's what these Trubbish well, and they all the computer learn. parts are from 1995 which is apparently when it makes that was the sense, case of course so, yeah. Where, yeah where do the Patreons play into this then Okay, I didn't think they had to be together in this. I thought they could exist separately in our world. Well, that's lazy, I just like, Tom. I just Come like on. the idea that, that, that Patreon... Okay, all right, sorry, Stu. I didn't realise you had a great Trubbish Patreon packed idea. Are you saying you're Patreon? Oh, my God, maybe <laughs> I am. Maybe Patreon. I am. Oh, no. That's just me. That's just very, people who are very passionate about me, the Patreons. Tom, yeah. I'm a Yankee. I already subscribed, mate. Oh, thank God. I'm freely, di- freely dilly two You are... <laughs> You know what tier I'm at, Tom. <laughs> the top tier. The top tier. What I'm now picturing from Patreon is that there's a Patreon who is a huge fan of Human Red and Blue being created by the by the Trubbish. And that that Patreon is basically the Kristen Charles to the Flight of the Concords that is the the Formian Trubbish. It is just an obsessive fan. Like cosplays as human red and blue. It's where to find the human under the truck in Vermilion City. Like that, that <laughs> it's just a is naked so... man under a truck. <laughs> <laughs> that some like some weird trubbish program, and they're like, "Wow, is that an Easter egg?" And he's like, uh, "Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm glad I'm finding the secret human." <laughs> Mate, you don't want to know what Missing No looks like in these days. <laughs> Which famous trainer in the Formian region has a Patreon? I mean, we had a character that had an Eevee. We did. Bash. Oh, okay. Here's a thought. So we know that the Falutans, they went bankrupt, which is why Bash and Heron were doing the Pokemon League challenge to try and reclaim their family name. Sure. We it. all totally knew that and remembered yep. that. Absolutely. All, yeah. Highfalutin. I've got it written down Lives in front rent of me. Free in my mind. We cut yeah. that at the start of every episode, guys. That's specific <laughs> I've point. Got character brandy. Important point, highfalutin has no money. That's, those are my those are the two things I have to remember in this podcast. Okay, okay. But let's let's imagine, let's say for for instance, that maybe highfalutin, the fortune, he says it was by making poker flutes, but maybe he had a Patreon that he was kind of or or getting to use payday, and then the Patreon said no more. 
and it, and it ran away. Or it got stolen. I don't know. And suddenly that's where the Falutin family money went. Can I introduce another complication to this? The Patreon that Highfalutin had would only, produ- would only use the movie Payday if they heard a specific song on a flute. But unfortunately they had Love to that. hear it on a different flute each time. Which is why Highfalutin continually created <sighs> flutes. Because he had to use them once and then sell them on. But a useful front Very uh, good. for that. Maybe out of nowhere... Patreon, and I, I don't want to. I just, I'm thinking maybe this Patreon decided they preferred trombones, and Hive couldn't produce trombones or didn't have a good enough trombone player. This is the irony and the tragedy is that Hive has no lips. They, there's no way they can. They could yeah. play the flute though, but they couldn't play the trombone. Down the nose, mate. Down the nose. <laughs> <laughs> the nose flutes. So Hive for Luton's flutes are nose flutes. <laughs> oh nose my flutes. goodness, nose it all flutes. makes sense now. And how long did it take the Patreon to decide they didn't like that anymore? <laughs> <laughs> too long. Too way long. too long. long, yeah. <laughs> way too long. Uh, so the Patreon's on the loose looking for an expert trombone player. Mm. Well, I think that is an excellent midsection suggestion from our Pokemon champion, Audrey. Thank you so much again for subscribing to the Pokemon champion tier on our Patreon. If you too would like to support us in that way please go to patreon.com forward slash critical ditto and you um, will get a whole bunch of other great bonus content if you would like to get in touch with a midsection character pokemon item location anything you like please email critical ditto at gmail.com brother now that the midsection is over we've been released we can finally fulfill our lifelong dream a pokemon podcast a Pokemon podcast, a rival Pokemon podcast to both Critical Ditto and Audrey's unnamed podcast. Yes, we shall rise to the top, brother. I hope you're happy, kid. I'm sorry, I didn't want to bring more Pokemon podcasts into the world, I promise. You can't stop them, they will rise. Who's that Pokemon? Ninjask. It's Ninjask. Randy, you were bleeding on the floor last time we saw you, correct? I was bleeding on the floor. You were still cognizant, you had your wits about you as we decided that was too much of a hard move to take away your faculties as well as your legs. It was so kind of you, Stu. Again, I I live in your infinite benevolence. Yes, you're sort of leaning on candy. You did resolve the General Phillips and Jockey situation last episode, which was very good, very admirable. Thank you. What is your next move, Brandy? What are you doing? What are, what are the Team Helsing Grunts kind of doing at this point? They're depleted in number. They're a significantly smaller force than they were when they first arrived at the Corps, with many of them being taken out at the battle battle for the Warden's Gym. So I'd say there's probably about like 10 of them now. 10 of them gathered in the centre of the room. My thoughts here, Team Helsing look depleted. She very much trusts Kenny and she trusts Theo. So she is going to do what she can. And in this case, she feels very weak. She mm-hmm. feels very much like she can't have an influence on these grunts. But she thinks she might know someone who could okay. and perhaps turn the tide. Maybe the grunts are heading towards this little collection of Candy, Hannah's there as well, and Brandy. The grunts, without their their focal point, are now a little bit loose and look confused. And I'd like to, I'd like to jump on that, yeah. Okay. As they turn their attention towards you, Brandy, what do you do? Brandy is going to jump on Carcoal, and we are going to attempt to slalom through the crowd of grunts and get to Warden Vipen, who is stuck in the 
stockade. In the stockade on the stage, yes. I want to. I would like to reinstate Warden Vipen as Warden. Warden of the Core. Okay. What is this role though? Act under pressure feels kind of good. Yeah, that's, for the, this. that's the safe bet when we can't it's really a good decide safe on bet, one. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, everything you do is kind of under pressure. pressure. We could just constantly be rolling that, couldn't we? Let's be honest. <laughs> oh, okay. Four plus one plus two. So oh it's a seven. Brandy oh. has feel. I feel like I've not been rolling well in the finale. I really have not brought my A game. The other two have brought their A games for rolling, and Brandy is here with no legs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like my legs had to die for you to succeed. You, be- Kenny and Theo became Brandy's legs. So, well, you're on. You're on Lightning McQueen. You have mobility at least on your on your travelling car call. But maybe because you're having a slalom through the grunts to get to Warden Vipen. Perhaps Lightning McQueen does take some damage on the way, and maybe that's your mixed success. Is that fair? Well, you know, you know what, Stu. If it's the finale, and I don't want to, I don't want to make, make you overly harsh, but does Lightning McQueen get fainted? I faint him. I kind of think it's the finale, it's and, and we just, we just okay, yeah. start knocking I, some Pokemon. It down. sounds kind of heroic, though, doesn't it? And I yeah. want, I want Ali and David to each give me one of the one of the Pokemon hits that that Carcol takes in this slalom from the grunts, and try and try and paint a heroic picture. I get to say that the grunt sends out a muck that uses a sludge wave no. and that coats the floor. And Lightning McQueen has to like slum for the toxic. Burning its wheels. It's uh, it's really doing some terrible damage. But manages to hold on, keep keep Brandy on Karkol's back, even in this oily, toxic spill. From amongst the crowd, you don't even see the Pokemon, you just see spikes fly from somewhere in the crowd. Ooh that suddenly just scatter in front of, in between Karkol and Warden Vipen. And Karkol is clinging on, desperately trying, but sees the light at the end of the tunnel, the end of the slalom, the end of the grunts. The stage is in sight. Tom, what is the final hit? I'm looking up the correct Pokemon for this, for this move. Don't do that, Tom. Just say it comes from the crowd, like Ali. Just... <laughs> I, I just, <laughs> lazy, I lazy attack that comes from nowhere. I can void at the side of the room. So many people have spiked. <laughs> but you know what? I think, I think Ali, it's not a Pokemon. It's just a grunt without any Pokemon. It's, it's just a grunt got with some spikes. spikes that just throws them out. Yeah, exactly. So, no, the final. There's sort of a final grunt Pokemon that comes out of nowhere and thinks, we're not going to stop this car cult. This car cult is not going to do it. But I tell you who's vulnerable the woman on top of the car cult. Take out the trainer. A Trevenant appears Ooh. from the ground. Wait, wait, wait. Like... Tre- <laughs> Trevenant. Oh. Ooh. Oh. Good lord, that was terrifying. That was so Dark Crystal of you, I loved it. It really was. A Trevenant appears from the ground, and Karkol thinks, oh, I can easily get round this, but suddenly realises that Trevenant has clasped both its huge tree trunk hands together and is going to pound right down onto Brandy on Karkol's back and Karkol makes the decision then and there instantly and you think Karkol almost thinks in their head Lightning McQueen thinks I didn't realise I'd bonded so much with this person but just instinctually I want to protect them at all costs and her friends she saved me from the extreme ball what Karkol does is Karkol flips he actually almost forward rolls over so Brandy flies forward towards Warden Vipen and Karkol takes on its weak underside the full pound of Trevenant. Karkol! 
skids to a halt, fainted. But Brandy falls directly next to Warden Vipen. That was a hell of a stunt you just pulled, girl. You're dressed like a clown! I know, I'm dressed like a clown. It wasn't a choice, was it? Warden Vipen, do you need my help? Yes, of course I need your help. I'm stuck in a stockade in my own prison. Do you know how humiliating it is to be apprehended in your own prison? I've been apprehended multiple times. so I'm In your own prison? Well, not in my own prison. <laughs> I don't own a prison. Well, there you so, go. So there we go. But how would you like to be become the warden again and teach these grunts a lesson? Warden Vipen glances her eyes up towards that warden's office where she knows the rows and rows of photos of the previous women who have owned the Corps still sit. There's only one place that I need to be right now, and that's up there in that office, leading my prison. Right answer. Brandy takes out her ruler sword, Katana, oh, and no, much like... Oh, no, don't, don't, no, no! <laughs> I'm not chopping off your head! No, 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 I'm no. sorry, I'm sorry about anything I said. You can serve on my Magnazone, it's fine, no, it's fine, no. I'm sorry! I mean, that reminds me, your Magnazone... I think I have that somewhere. I Wait, think, on your person? I think in my backpack. <laughs> I think. How big is that backpack? It's a very big backpack. I wondered why it was so big. It's because there's a Magnazone in there. Magnazone. I don't know why I bothered bothered going on Carcol. Could have just surfed on Magnazone all the way here <laughs> on the sludge wave. I didn't say that out loud. Sorry, Warden Viper. I very much respect your Magnazone and everything you've done together. Uh, and Brandy takes the ruler sword and cuts the... Cuts the stockade? Cuts the stockade. It's wood. I feel like all that this ruler sword has done is cut chains. Mate, that's brandy. That's brandy <laughs> in of chains. Breaker, Breaker of, of chains. chains. The ruler sword, as you swing it back past your ear, Tom, just goes, I crave flesh. <laughs> <laughs> brandy. <laughs> brandy ignores, ignores that. Rolls a wisdom saving throw <laughs> as the sword attempts to take control. And brandy lowers the ruler sword. And just before the ruler sword slices clean through the stockade mm-hmm. uh, releasing Warden Vipen Brandy quickly just says oh and you also owe me a gym badge <laughs> and then there we go <laughs> and, and then, then it slices through I like the idea that Magnazone uh, it's peeled off from the Pokemon army and came with you can we say that? I think so you know like when you've been in a tent in the morning like when you've camped overnight and you're in a tent that's sort of Magnazone's feeling right now very humid very sweaty how does a, how does a steel type sweat? that is a question Oil all the time. Really that's a oil. Oil. Sweat say, soil. Yeah, yeah, that's a question for a scientist, not us. <laughs> uh, but David, I think the lingering effects of the meteorite have kind of been kept in of Brandy's bag, giving the Magnazone the chance to say one final word as it sees its previous owner, Vipen, again. The last thing that Magnazone says before the crystal's effect wears off is just, time to protect zone <laughs> you were just gonna say i'm gonna say something zone really cool hear it zo- oh and then it- oh i ran out oh, no. <laughs> i ran out of meteorite <laughs> i can finally tell you how i feel about magnazone oh, no. <laughs> finally this is my story magnazone no no <laughs> but i i give Warden Vipen, Clown Warden Vipen, Clown Vipen, as she currently is. I give Clown Vipen the Magnazone, and I would like Clown Vipen to become Warden Vipen. And I'm happy to roll on behalf of Warden Vipen. I think it does... We've we've sort of continued Brandy's role a little bit too long. I think, yeah, it's time for a new role. What kind of role? Well, it's it's Brandy rolling. Brandy stats. Yeah. Tough? Tough. Yeah, I feel like we we all thought tough. Okay. Oh, boy. Um... I am not rolling well, guys. Plus two, so it's a, a three, plus a one, plus a two, so it's a six. 
It's failed. On a plus two. On a plus oh, two. Mate. Oh. On a plus two. What's happened? I want my legs. I promise oh, no. you, I like my legs. You want a usual luck point? Because <laughs> 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 I was kind of counting on you there. <laughs> this is a fail. This is a fail, though. Okay, here's, here's, here's an option. Does Warden Vipen betray me? Oh, and double say, cross. And say, I told you if I saw you in this prison again. You'd be my prisoner. Oh, I like that, because Warden Vipen is all about the integrity of the core prison. He locks you in the stockade. Oh, God. <laughs> Dresses me up like a clown. <laughs> Dresses you. <laughs> I also love that because it's all happening on the stage, Theo is just watching the entire thing <laughs> take place. Theo is slowly walking towards Alma. Is that Branty being betrayed? No, okay. That's why Theo's walking so slowly, because the scene is getting more and more interesting. Oh, oh, <laughs> just rubbernecking this whole disaster. Carl Cole just there being like, I died for this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so Brandy, Warden Vipen is freed and she rips off the clown ruffle. And Brandy, you wince as you remember the ripping of your own cape on that steep slope. And Warden Vipen looks at you and looks at Magnazone and sees those scars underneath Magnazone's metal body again. Remembers that moment, the moment you surfed and sees you. Remember the words that she said that day. If I ever see you in my prison again, you will be escaped prisoners. The integrity of her prison, Warden Viper's prison, floods her mind. I thank you for what you've done, pink-haired girl, but you have invaded this prison just as much as these Helsing have. And if I am going to retake control, then I need to clean house, starting with you. And she shoves you into the stockade, locks it. What? Wait! <laughs> Are you, are you actually kidding me here? Oh my days. Well, oh, when I get out of this stockade. You will not be getting out of that stockade. This is my prison now, and nobody escapes from Warden Vipen's core. You are my Barry Volker. This is, this is, this is personal, lady. First you take my cape. <laughs> Take my freedom. <laughs> Magnazone has this smug, chinks-eating grin and starts surfing on Brandy's back sound. <laughs> yes, Magnazone's on your back. No. Zone, zone, zone. I don't need speech to enjoy this. Zone. <laughs> Uh, and Warden Vipen dashes off. So she's going. She's going for the grunts and the and I guess Hannah Candy and yeah, we'll find out. Oh man, wait to wait to add another another element to the finale, Tom. Yeah. Tom, we were supposed <laughs> to be eliminating bad guys. She was she was tucked away in the stockade, she... mate. Didn't have to worry about Warden Vipen. Nope. And now here she is. She's Randy single-handedly at this moment trying <laughs> to lose it for the good guys. <laughs> Mark experience. Yeah, God, yeah, you're right. Oh, it's better when I say it to other people, but when it's said to me, oh, it hurts. Right. Theo, you have you have been wandering past the train wreck and have made yourself next to Reporter Ulmer. Now, Reporter Ulmer has this chalky, ashen expression. 
impossible to read. It's almost like their makeup has given them away. However much they try to maintain this smiling facade, the cracks and crinkles in their appearance are showing through the flaky makeup that is starting to fade and drip with the sweat that is starting to form on Ulmer's brow. The ninjask is following you, clearly under Ulmer's sway. But Theo, what is your intention here? Theo has come to this point because Alma is clearly the authority person in the room. Alma has been in charge, like since Theo came in, after saying goodbye to Mr. N and Mrs. S, Alma has run this room. Theo has seen this mecha and has no answers. Uh, so Theo has come to the source. Theo is going to try and figure out what is happening with this mecha, which is the reason Theo went over there in the first place. Brandy has lost the ability of her legs, been locked up in a stockade, and Theo's pressing issue is <laughs> mecha, though. That mecha in the old corner. You know what, Tom? If you if you could just have rolled a little better, then maybe I could have had the narrative I wanted to have, all right? So I would also say that I think Theo does potentially maybe try at one point to take a step towards Brandy, but Ninjask maybe just kind of like circles around and is like, you are on this path. Theo's like, I've got a plan here. I've got a target. I something I need to do. And also I can't really go and help Brandy quite yet. Quite yet. Let's, you know, Brandy, don't wait until the next episode. We'll see what happens. Got a lot of NPCs knocking around. See what happens. Can't um, help or don't want to help. We'll let the listeners decide. Oh, so similar things. So similar things in the mind of Theo. <laughs> um, so I think Theo approaches Alma. Uh, and as you were saying, Alma's expression, hard to read, chalky, malign, somewhat knowledgeable. And if there is an expression that Theo knows better than chalky, malign, and somewhat knowledgeable, I'd like to see it. Should we, should we roll? I'm happy to roll. I think so. Let's see how this conversation goes. So a charm roll. I'm a zero in charm, so nobody's surprised. What? Um, That's been buffed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lads, I I do regret to tell you that the the Google dice roll is really treating Theo right tonight. We've got a five <laughs> and a six. <gasps> We've got wow. an eleven. Game has recognized game. Alma knows when they are beaten. <laughs> Alma looks at you, Theo, still with this forced smile and just flicks off the mic. There's a moment of frequency dispersal as the mic fades and they let it drop. They're in an ostentatious black and white checkered dress with, and they finally let the smile drop. The camera's no longer on them. The grunts aren't even looking at them anymore. This performance, this particular part of the performance anyway, is over. And you see how tired Alma looks. It's over, isn't it? For me, anyway. This little little part of my life. <laughs> Team Helsing. Funny. A little footnote for Alma. But I think my time has come to leave this particular chapter. And it looks like you are in my way. In your way, yes, but... You could make this chapter of your life have some benign points if you want to help me in any way. I want nothing more than this to be easy. Now, I see you have the Zygarde cube. You have clearly mm -hmm. disabled the behemoth that guards the entrance to the prison. My escape should mm -hmm. be fairly simple. <laughs> oh, Alma. Oh, your escape would be easy if it wasn't me that's in your way. No, of course. I quite understand that you are now the most significant obstacle between... Well, me escaping into uh, a new part of my life, and not. I work in media. I'm, I'm one of the most evil people in the world. Anyone who works in media is evil. Especially <laughs> journalism. <laughs> They're the worst of all. And so you must fully Print understand... Print journalism? Print journalism. Goodness me. I'm bottom of the pile. So you must understand that I'm fully willing to give you whatever you want. 
as long as I can walk past your shoulder. It's what your teammate, the pink-haired girl, failed to understand on the train. The fact that you can exchange goods and information and that everyone can leave satisfied. If I let you go past, do you just go back to your life in the media? Is that what happens? Or will you go away forever? I would assume I go back to the Delibird and, yes, write an expose about my many years infiltrating Team Helsing from the inside. Uh, <laughs> who knows, perhaps I'll even write a puff piece on Team Mystic next. I survive. I'm a lot like this ninjask, or indeed a shedinja. I shed my skin, I move on to the next thing, and I find whatever suits me best. Well, here's the thing, Alma. You're a person in the media, I'm a person who knows written word. I think you know, and I know, that I could let you pass, but I'm not going to make that decision unless I know that your information is worth it. So, I have a question for you, and based on your answer, we can either do this easy, or we can do this hard. And I can assure you, I enjoy doing things the hard way. Almost has been enjoying this back and forth. Probably the most stimulating conversation they've had oh, since they joined God, We don't need another Theo shit. <laughs> oh, please, <laughs> It's more like Alma looks at you with the first bit of genuine intrigue they've had in a while. I think Alma actually just sees you have the Zygarde cube in one hand and takes your empty other hand and opens your palm. Their fingers are a little moist bony. Just drops a key in it, a key to the Mecca. Why don't you find that for yourself? inquisitive mind that you are. My power lies in the written word, and if I can't write, I have no power. Gives a mwah by the side of your cheek and walks softly past you, the billowy black and white sleeve just brushing against you, Thea. Thea looks at the key, and as Alma walks past, is like, I shouldn't let this happen. I should do the right thing. I should do the Kenny thing, but there are too many things that need to be done. There's Brandy, there's this Mecha. They this key could help to solve whatever is happening here. That's the reason that Theo followed Hedrolds to that door in the first place, was to try and help to end what was happening here. And so Theo, reluctantly, Theo lets Alma walk away. Alma disappears. Kenny, what's Kenny doing up in the rafters? We know you got deposited up here with Bowtie the Decidueye. It's dark, there's occasional shafts of light as the illumination from below breaks through. The dust up here sparkles in these beams, blinking red light of the camera. Gleiskor, following you. What do you do? Okay, Barry, it's just you and me. So can we finally just talk? What happened, Barry? And the voice that comes back to you, Kenny, it's a little like the Green Goblin at the end of Spider-Man 1. You know, where it's almost coming from everywhere. Wait, which Spider-Man 1? Obviously the, you know, the, the best Spider-Man 1. Yeah, yeah of course, it's the best good, one. Yeah. Okay. The one with the 38-year-old Spider-Man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spider-Old Man, yeah, got it. We are, we are alone, yes. <laughs> Just like I've been alone for nigh on six years. I was orphaned, Kenny. My parents were at the Pokemon League Stadium during the O'Hara incident, and they were taken from me, fostered a hatred in me, because Pokepowers took everything. And I have to believe that the purpose of that was to create me, a me that can protect everyone else and stop anything like that ever happening again. 
I'm Hanshaw. I am a guardian of the region, fostered and created in the fires of hell. There is no more appropriate place for me to be than here at the head of Team Helsing. You have to understand, you are the problem. You are the menace. You are the thing that creates people like me. And I don't want anyone else like me being created because <laughs> it's awful. Barry's Bisharp, with Barry close nearby, lunges at you with a bladed arm, going straight for Kenny Mullet. creepy horror movie there at the end there, didn't it? A little bit spooky. A little bit Babadook. A little bit... A little bit bye-bye, man. Hope you weren't too spooky. Also, who's your favourite Spider-Man? Let us know in the comments of our podcast. Hope you enjoyed uh, Submission 5. There are now two episodes left of Season 3. So there will be a Submission 6 and a Submission 7. And then, whoa, that's it. Any other business on the agenda? Let me just check the notes. God, I wish I had papers to rustle for the foley effect. There we go. It's my cabaret research pack. There we go. Thank you to Satoshi Tajiri and Jinichi Misuda for creating Pokemon. Uh, we're not affiliated with Pokemon. We are a not-for-profit podcast and we're fan-made, but we, we still like Pokemon. We're still enthused by the franchise. Uh, Highest-grossing franchise in the world, apparently. Also, they just announced some new games. Pokemon... Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Is that right? I really wanted to say Ruby. And I was like, it's not It's not 2003, Stu. <laughs> We've been there, we've done that. Uh, so that's fun. I'm playing Legends Arceus at the moment. And yes, I will. I'll stick by Arceus. Because it's, it's fun to say. And it's great. It's really fun. Really enjoyed that. Thank you as well to Braxton Burks and the Materia Collective and Glitch X City for some of the music that is used in today's episode, and to Epidemic Sound, who provided the best of the rest. Uh, lots of great incidental sound effects and royalty-free music that is is on there, so thanks to them. And a big, big thank you to our patrons. Uh, I've got the list, going to get it up right now. We've got some new ones, which is always exciting. Brandon Wood, thank you so much. Carlton McGroan, thank you. Tommy Portillo. And thank you as well, Tommy, for the note on saying your name correctly. We need those notes, because we we're not going to get better unless we are told, because we, we're terrible self-educators. Thank you, Aidan Clark, Mark Smith, Brad Demon Dowker, My Cabbages, Dr. Rani, Jurembi's Mum, Digeezy, Alex Wuh, Crispy, Huxley Spicer, Beth Trivers, Jam, Heather Elsenal, Megan Taylor, Betsy Lewinlay, Ryan Teague, Darius Tchaikovsky, Pokerdash55, D.W. Hollins, Audrey Resendeth, Ellie Lieberman, Carrie Morrison, Scott M., Dr. Megaman, PhD, High Killy, Kaikabin Cosplay, Big Fat Nuke, ooh, ooh. Jonah Jackson, Trigula, Josh Anderson, Alchemage, Cesar Trevino, Force Majeure, Crandon Creations, Eric Eichinger, Millamoy, Ginny Voss, and Alistair Collinson is not in the red corner. Uh, about to 
fight in the All Elite Wrestling tournament, but could could be with that announcement. Yeah, thank you so much, everybody. You're all incredible and supporting the podcast so much uh, in very, very tangible ways at the moment, like allowing us to rent space for recordings and and do things like our recent remaster of the Rain Dance episodes. So, so thank you so, so, so much. If you want to support the podcast as well, you can, you can join them. You can join the lovely patrons at patreon.com slash critical ditto. Join at various tiers, depending on what rewards you want. Maybe you just want to show a bit of support. Uh, you've got a cheerleader tier for that. Maybe you want some of the bonus content that we're doing. We've got lots of, of bonus series going on. Uh, we've got the Mechanicits, which is about our game design stuff. Seeing behind the curtain of, of our actual mechanics and game of the tabletop, Pocket Monster of the Week. Improv shorts, Formian shorts. We had a couple of new ones go up of them recently. We've got David's ancient Byzantine campaign one shot, uh, which uh, he did for Valentine's Day this time last year. Continental Crush. Great fun. Got some video content that Tom and I have been doing, which <laughs> is, is there. Yeah, there's lots of really cool stuff that we're putting up. Or if you don't want to join the Patreon, but you still want to support the podcast, that's that's totally cool too. You can do that. You can just social media us. You could tweet. You could Instagram. You could TikTok if you like. I probably won't see it, but please do it. Get the word out. Tumble. Is that, is that, the, is that the verb? Uh, and join our Discord as well. Come join the conversation because there's loads of people. We've had lots of new arrivals on the Discord as well recently, which has been great um, since our animation went up on Deep Blue Ink's channel. So that's been really lovely to see. Come join the conversation. Come catch up. Come discuss all the old episodes with, with, the, with the veterans and the people who are catching up as well. Is that it? Is there anything more? Yes, the last thing I should do is, uh, is thank Ali, David, and Tom. That's it for this week. Uh, as I say, two more episodes. You're going to love them. I will leave you with, remember, adventure is out there. You just have to step in the tall grass. Ninjesque, ninjesque. Great. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Oh, ninjesque, ninjesque. (laughs) (laughs) You never know.